Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast, Episode 121. It's the Book of Boba Fett, Winners and Losers. Which vintage Star Wars collectibles won and which collectibles lost this new TV series from the Star, the Star, the Star Wars people who, who make Star Wars movies and stuff. Who who won? What like did did uh, did Luke win or, or Boba Fett or Ninety Nine or the Rancor Keeper? Stay tuned to find out. Wampa Wampa, welcome to Kivecast One Hundred and Twenty One. That's right, Steve. It makes sense. It's One Hundred and Twenty One. We're going to be talking about the figure that made it, the twenty-first figure. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Boba Fett, and in particular, we're going to be talking about the book of Boba Fett. Right. Yeah. I've heard some people complain about the name. What do you think of the name, the book of Boba Fett? I, I mean, I think it's pretty much how I feel about the rest of the show in general. Like, it's great. I, I think it's fine. Yeah. Wow, it's, all right. Right up right yeah. up front, we have Mr. Brightside, Mr. Prequel yeah. Hater and Book of Boba I, Fett Lover. Oh, you're, you're going to, yeah, you're going to see. I think I'm a changed man. Uh, yeah. yeah, having kids will do that. I think uh, <laughs> having kids and getting you know wisdom. You know now that you yeah. now that you're you've had your sweet sixteen. I'm like uh, I'm like Boba, just you know getting soft. <laughs> That's in my, right. My old my old age. No uh. longer the edge lord. Um, <laughs> so you know we're, we're recording. I am in my basement. Um, right. I yeah. ha- I I got COVID uh, from you know like a week and a half ago. Everyone's like, "Oh, Omicron, no big deal. Five days in and out, no big deal, no big deal." That's, I keep, I keep taking yeah. tests, and that stupid blue line keeps popping up again. So, mm-hmm. you may hear me drinking more water and having more uh, uh, cough drops than I usually have. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's no no fun at all. But hopefully, yeah, some some Boba Fett discussion. Yeah, <laughs> well, I just gotta well, say, you know, a little bit. if if I didn't have the protection that the vaccine got me. I would have been in the hospital. I mean, it was miserable. Oh, oh, miserable. God. This is terrible. Anyways, those of you who haven't had it and are like, it's no big deal. Yeah, maybe it's no big deal. In which case, good luck. But it could be a big deal. It sucks. It can. Just, yeah. It's, it's just it sucks. That's what I got to say. You know, yeah. it, it somehow it's become a political debate, Steve. This is my bottom line. It sucks. Okay? And <laughs> there's no Canadian convoy, okay, or... Dr. Fauci, that's going to push me one way or another, Steve. It just sucks. So, that being said, I'm yes. complaining and I'm very lucky because I'm, <laughs> I'm alive and not in the hospital. Yeah. So, with that yeah. depressing opening, <laughs> let's talk about something which has been quite nice for me, which has been yeah. Star Wars, Steve. Yeah, seriously, yeah. I, I think I think that's probably where, where I'm coming from, too, is uh, yeah, our life is just chaos and anxiety all the time so like if i can look forward to some weird goofy night of tv once a week i was quite enjoying it so when i find myself in times of trouble uh baby yoda calls to me Uh, (laughs) and and, i mean a a funny thing and this has nothing this has to do with what i consider to be the beginning of the golden age of star wars television so my son and i we both have asthma and so when you have asthma you you uh, do this thing called nebulizer so it's really necessary we, we use this bedesonide um and we put a mask on and we you know ever since Django was like a little kid i've always compared it to darth vader to make it seem cooler uh, or general grievous and what he told me that i didn't know was that that was how i introduced him to star wars <laughs> when he was you know three or two 
right has memories yeah. of you know because it's, it's pretty scary having a major asthma attack yeah um, yeah and so i would put on either like the the pod racing sequence from episode one but mostly what i put on steve is the 2d clone wars oh yeah and oh I'm, yeah i'm just saying that is some of the best star wars that has ever been made it it, it really yeah I, it's funny you mentioned this because yeah i feel like i i think i gave that a rewatch I don't know. Maybe did it come on Disney Plus like after a lot of the other stuff? I yeah. feel like I watched it somewhat recently, and was just like, "Oh my god, this is this is great!" I totally forgot about this. So I think that might have been the yeah part of the the change right there. And, starting, and I was like, I was trying to explain to him the excitement of it. That I mean, I I don't know if you remember Steve when it was coming out, but they'd come out like three minute segments. Yes. Every yeah. week on Star Wars dot goddamn com and just the <laughs> like. Yes. Never has that website sounded older than trying to describe how they released that. But we've just gone <laughs> yeah. through the entire series, and it's it's a nice moment, you know, because he's 16, and, you know, it was a long time ago, but we're just sitting there. And when yeah. Mace Windu punches a super battle droid to death, <laughs> that, to me, is right up there with no I am your father and anything from any of the nine movies. Just yeah. Mace Windu punching it is so I, I can awesome. hear this i can hear the sound of that that's one of those things that'll like just the 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 sound of it will always stick with me too <laughs> but anyways we're five minutes in yeah. we haven't even talked about what this episode is so hey, yeah yeah we have done ever since force awakens steve and i come on after a major star wars new product has come on and we have done our vintage winners and losers yes so the conceit is this if we have this, you know, because if you collect comic books, right, like the second that a comic book character is announced in a movie, its value goes skyrocketing, right? But then if mm-hmm. the movie isn't loved, it either like, like kind of goes flat or even dips. Like the Taskmaster was announced to be in the Black Widow movie and it went up to the roof, but no one liked that movie, even though it was actually quite good. And it kind of cratered, right? So mm-hmm. th- using that kind of logic with Star Wars vintage toys... Which toys are helped by the movie or TV show and which shows are hurt? Yes. And through this, you will also <laughs> glean our opinion of the show and what we liked and didn't like. It's a, it's a really neat trick. And if you don't care about yes. Star Wars toys, you're still going to enjoy this. Um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I think they yeah. will. So uh, I have a list and then Steve just riffs. <laughs> so yeah I, I, yeah, I riff off of your list. And uh, it, it, that that seems to work well, so I think we should stick with that with that pattern. Okay, <laughs> number ten winner, Steve. Okay. Number ten. Number ten winner, Steve. Okay. I'm going with the X-wing. Oh. Okay. And the reason I'm okay. going with the X-wing is because when it was flown by Grogu in the last <laughs> oh, it's just spoilers for everything. Why even say? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Go to hell. Um, <laughs> Like, when it was flown by Grogu, like, that just made it... I, there's something, like, profanely beautiful about that image and about how mm-hmm. exciting it was to see the X-Wing coming and not knowing who was there and the right. idea that there would be a better answer than Luke. So that's my number <laughs> my number 10 winner, yeah. Steve. It's kind of tough. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely... It was on my... I, had, I, I grouped these into just broader winners, losers, and, and not sures. And that was in my that was in my, my list of winners. Uh, mainly because, yeah, you get the sense that, oh, God, you don't have to talk about this bizarre Luke anymore. And also, 
Luke just didn't want to go back to Tatooine, period, which (laughs) makes a lot of sense. It was a moment of restraint in the show, which, if there's anything the back half of the show had. um, (laughs) Now, it's funny because, I mean, I I, I like the show a lot. I had a lot of fun with it. I have problems with it just like everyone else does. Sure, Um, sure. But it is funny watching the the fan reaction. We'll we'll get into it. Yes, Um, we will. The number 10 loser, this is a controversial one, I'm saying is the Gamorrean Guard. Yeah, see, I, I had a feeling based off our, <laughs> our conversation from from the Mandalorian that that these poor these poor shirtless piggies they're just shirtless piggies they're just not gonna cut it with <laughs> with Scott. It's just not enough like the figure. It's just yeah. I don't say this about anything. Okay, the, Luke in in Last Jedi, that's my Luke. Okay, Han sure. yeah. in the holiday special, that's my Han. <laughs> R2-D2 under a cloth for three movies. That's my R2-D2. But those are not my Gamorrean guards. Uh, I I have a very strong emotional attachment to the fat, sloppy weirdos. And I don't know who called them dad bod Gamorrean guards, but whoever did absolutely nailed it. Yes. Yeah, they they did. Um, I I did love that – who was it? The the, – the one who was running the the bar offered if they wanted to get them washed. I like that detail. Yeah. Do you want your Gamorreans washed and fed? And then seeing one use a little comlink thing, that was just hilarious to me for whatever reason. But yeah. beyond that, yeah, they're just, they're, they're just not quite right. Have you ever seen um, a Date Night with Steve Carell and <laughs> yes. Tina Fey? So I my, have. Bro- my brother Amos always quotes this. So when they when they go to visit uh, Tina Fey's uh, ex boyfriend, is played by Marky Mark, who's there without a shirt, and yeah. Steve Carell just goes, "All right, shirt him up. Let's let's head out and shirt him up." Every time I see the every time I yes. see the Gamorrean guards. Yeah, yeah. Number nine, number nine. Now the number nine winner and loser are quite connected. So once I tell okay. you one, you'll be able to figure out the other. All right. The number All nine right. winner is R two D two. Okay. I liked R2 <laughs> in here. I thought he fit. Yeah. I think secretly this is the most R2-D2 has had to do. In quite a while. <laughs> like since episode three. Because he was so non-present in the sequel trilogy. You know, the, the, he yeah. had the BB-8 ectomy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think, Steve? Do, do you, did you not like him or how do you feel? No, I, 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 I did. I, I think the way he was used, it wasn't, it wasn't just like you know when they showed up in rogue one that's the kind of thing right i don't I, I just don't subscribe to that but with r2 he has a place in this bizarrely constructed story but he, he clearly has a, a place in it so yeah i i'm i'm fine with that and obviously the number nine loser is c3po <laughs> now the thing about c3po losing is when we think about like like where is he steve <laughs> Yeah, it's true. He's it's kind of an odd time for him, isn't it? So this is after Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like five years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, is he? Why yeah. is he not with R two? Like, isn't it weird that R 2s with Luke? And like, so is is three PO just chilling with Chewie and Han and Leia? I I guess so. I, that that would be my assumption. Yeah, it know, seems like this, he's pretty yeah. miserable. <laughs> just, just this is so. This is two live-action shows where they have not shoehorned in C-3PO, and the thing I, I is, consider that a win. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's. I'd rather have the the, the lack than the, the shoehorning. <laughs> now, my number eight winners and losers. Well, we're going by. This is ten minutes, Steve. We're, we're gonna be done. We're, we're gonna. 
Number eight. Okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna find some some Sarlacc pit hole to, to jump into <laughs> and not ever come out. Okay, so if the Sarlacc were a vintage collectible, Steve, would it have won or lost in this little affair? What do you did, did think the about battle, it? Did the battle at Sarlacc pit board game win or lose? <laughs> Damn it, Steve. I didn't think about that. I would have yeah. put that on here. That would have been cute. So then why don't we decide, Steve, does the Battle of the Sarlacc Pit game win or lose this? I, I think it it has to come out on top yeah. as, a, as a winner. Yeah. yeah. Because All the, the components are there. Yeah. Because I, I didn't necessarily like what they did with the Sarlacc Pit. No, no. It, it was weird how much they messed up because I understand that it wasn't canon that Boba Fett went flying out with his rocket pack on <laughs> right but in the name of all that is good and holy how the hell do you not have how do you have him punching through the dirt like why 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 like i know why it's from the sake of our similitude right so it has to seem real let's hope i said that word right it has to seem real right yeah i i was fine with the restraint in that and, and i was and i would have been fine if that was it they just don't show the sarlacc again so, yeah, but then going back yeah. and killing it. But but that's where the thing is this, is that a lot of things in this show they didn't do that were just stupid fun. And so people get mad at this show for doing stuff that's just not just stupid fun, you know, like Boba right. Fett being a relentless badass or whatever. <laughs> right. But then when it does stuff that's just for fun, people are also complaining about it. Quite, quite upset. Yes. So dropping the best sound effect into the Sarlacc pit is like... <laughs> The coolest thing, like that's it's just pretty, awesome. that was satisfying. Yes, let's just just do it. Just everyone, just just shut up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my my number eight. So then we're both determining then. Sarlacc Pit is a bonus winner. Yes, bonus winner. Yeah. <laughs> Despite the fact that that game caused me so much vexation as a kid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have a four-way tie for winner number Ooh. eight. Whoa. Okay. All right. And. A two-way tie for loser. Okay. It's about species, Steve. Okay, I I, I was wondering so how this the was loser break down. is Klaatu. Oh yes. And Klaatu yep. Skiff. Are there right. any Klaatus in this movie? In this I show? don't think so. I don't think so. Which yeah. means the winners are Greedo. <clears throat> Having the yes. baby Greedo was cool, you know. Yep. <clears throat> walrus Man's. We had like the Walrus Man's leader. He was yes. awesome. Yep. Even the Baradas got to be like the weird kind of their own thing. Chinatown yeah. Butchers. Butchers. <laughs> and the Nikto. Look at these guys go. The Nikto yeah, they, were they, all over the place. They were. They, they said the word Nikto so many times in the show. <laughs> Nikto speed bikers. Exactly. <laughs> like over and over again. So you know, if you're trying to put, if you're trying, because this is the thing, right? You have to think like a vintage collector, right? So you have. To, the way I try to think of it is I try to think of, like, a kid who sees Book of Boba Fett as his Star Wars, right? Because there's going to be right. kids who do that, right? Uh, so yeah. So when they hit 35 and they have expendable income, dispensable income, and they say, oh, actually, you know, I want to click something from Book of Boba Fett. 
you know like what's the what's the coolest because that's what you do right like i don't know if you're watching peacemaker that's a pretty fun show not for your baby i haven't yet but I haven't like yet. you know when you see peacemakers on you just go okay i'm gonna look up what is the best peacemaker thing that i can get on ebay you know you look it up and it's whatever some charlton comic from the 40s or whatever three thousand mm-hmm. bucks so like what is the thing that makes you go oh i want the best and then you say you want the best Nick Doe and Barada, very clearly, very clearly winners. I think yes. Walrus Man and Greedo a little bit less, right? Um, but but yeah. definitely Klaatu and Klaatu Skiff. They just there's a whole yeah. Tatooine ugly party, and they were not invited. Yeah, yeah. They, I feel like they got used a little bit in the very first episode of The Mandalorian, which wasn't on Tatooine with those other Nick Doe guys. But I think that's it. Like there aren't the Klaatu, they're out. <laughs> and when they're considered to be a part of the Klaatu Nikto Barada trilogy, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. Seven. Number seven. Loser. It's going to be painful, so I'll tell you my number seven winner. <laughs> okay. and, and that's the Jawas. Seven is the winners of the Jawas, you say? Yeah. 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 The Jawas, they come to play. They, <laughs> like, they are never bad. They are, like, they are characterized better than I could have ever hoped for. Like their playfulness, their yeah. menace, and then in this, adding in the idea of them being a lover to Amy yes. Sedaris yes. is just great. And then like, just the, their characterization on this show was so out of left field, but so perfect. It's, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, so I, I, I really, really appreciated the Jawas. I really like what's happening to them. I'm not just having the skull on top of the sand crawler, although that is cool. It is, yeah. Um, I I didn't include the sand crawler anywhere in here. I don't think it. I guess maybe it was a winner because it's it's still considered cool. But I it seems so distinct now without the without the helmet without the the skull. <laughs> right, right, yeah. All right. So, so my number seven loser is mm-hmm. a tie. Okay. And it's for two figures, one that's very close to me, one that's very far from me, that uh, they just got a little bit outshone, or just, it's Chewbacca and Bosk. <laughs> and it's because yeah. Black Chrysanthemum just rules so much. He is pretty great, I have to say. Just, yeah. You know, so many of the things that you love about Chewbacca, the savagery and the coolness is there. But he has a little added tinge of menace, Mm -hmm. a little tinge Mm -hmm. of malice. Yeah. Um, And I put Bosk on there, too, because, like, I feel like the, you know, the Greedos, the other Greedos can be played by a Greedo. But the other Trandoshans can't be played by a Bosk figure. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I I kind of, I don't know if you're going to get to any of the other bounty hunters but i kind of felt like you know i'm not one that usually is like super excited about every little cameo but i feel like story-wise it might have been kind of fun to involve the rest of the gang in, in some fashion right um boss concluded because i know there there's a relationship there that, that they've kind of built up yeah through you know various media and to, to have that not maybe maybe it'll happen someday but yeah I, they i think in terms of this if this is it this one series it's that's a sad, a sad loser. <laughs> oh my, you know, Steve, I hadn't even thought of that. Okay, another sidebar, Steve. Okay, all right. The other bounty hunters are definitely losers. Yeah, when I, I like, them all in. Yeah. Money can buy us muscle. Yes, it can. 
yeah. I, I even thought like, oh, cool. How awesome would it be if they got four lom and if they want to, if they want beef, yeah. and they can bring the zuckus. Well, yeah. yeah, and they're actually like right now. I, I, I just casually, just for fun, read some of the new comics, and they're doing an awesome job, like making that a story. And that's something I never really cared too much or thought about before. But seeing it, that it's kind of a thing now. I was kind of surprised that that it wasn't brought in in, in some way. But yeah, yeah, I just okay. In that case, <laughs> I'm gonna put a little note in here. Okay. Bosk <laughs> and other bounty hunters. Okay. So. You can tell that my, my COVID brain is not as sharp as my normal brain because this list is this list is, is, is fairly sloppy, but that's okay. Yeah, that's true. The other bounty yeah. hunters, there's a, there's a real – even just one of them. You know, yeah. Even if there's yeah. just uh, one who is brought back. Oh, man. How, how great would it have been with Dangar and a crazy Cockney accent? Like that would have just been oh, fantastic. But yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Boy, I'm just looking at my notes, and this is just disturbing me. Having Chewbacca, Bosk, and the other bounty hunters, they just des- they deserve to be in different categories, but it's okay. <laughs> the, the thing about being, like, imprisoned in your basement for two weeks um, is you just learn to get perspective, you know? Yes. It's just you get your inner McConaughey comes out, you know? You just got to look out <laughs> for the M and the E. Okay. Number six. Now, number six is also connected. Okay. Right. Uh, I've, you know, Slave One is a definite winner. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. going to talk about whether or not we call it Slave One or Boba Fett Spaceship. That doesn't matter. Uh, that's, no. That's a non-issue. It, it's the, the ship itself, it it could have gotten Razor Crested, and it didn't. I thought they yeah. were going to do that for a kind of punch, you know. But mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. it's still his spaceship. It's still, if you love Boba Fett, those things go together. They cannot be separated. It's, it's made, yeah. Is it the most that any character is attached to a spaceship besides it, Han and Chewie yeah, and the Falcon? I feel like it is at this point. I mean, it, it really did kind of... the B-Wing pilot and the B-Wing. I'm sorry. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I mean, but it, it did kind of get its own episode, which was fun. And they didn't... I feel like they could have gone even crazier with it, which... You know, blowing up the entire spearbite gang—that that's that's great and all. Uh, yes. But because to consider that restraint, I think <laughs> that that's where we're at. Like that—that that was restraint—is having it just be that one episode where he <laughs> he takes out the, the the gang, and then you don't really need to, you know, focus and, on it. And it used the best of the prequels as well with having the yeah. death charge, which is tied yeah. into the other loser, which is okay. just all other OT ships. I mean, obviously not <laughs> not the X-wing. But the way that they made the Naboo fighter seem cool. Yes. Is yeah. Sort of, it's kind of a seismic shift in collecting, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because people have been commenting totally. how the Naboo speeder has gone up in value. Yeah. I mean, the Naboo fighter. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm going to make a sort of comic book reference, you know, like. I don't know why I see. I spend so much time on comic book boards and I don't even collect comic books. But like <laughs> there's a comic book called Ultimate Fallout 4 that was the first appearance of uh the other Spider-Man or whatever. Okay. And it sells for like 10 grand. Hmm. And it was from like 2008. It's like something Whoa. insane. Like there are there's like 30 or there's like there's probably over 50 books that in top condition sell 
for well over a couple thousand dollars that have been out in the last 20 years. It's it's huh. unbelievable to see kind of how modern collectibles that are made popular through movies. A different, a different, yeah, the, an, another iteration of it. Yeah, just completely changes the the, the view. So I yeah. could be wrong, but I'm going a little predictive here and thinking there's been enough time. Episode one, if there's cool episode one stuff, if if a Darth Maul show comes out and it's really cool, maybe. You know, maybe all those Darth Mauls that people have been holding. I mean, insane things, Steve, <laughs> like like Spider-Man number one, which is like the most produced comic book of all time, not the one from the 60s, but the one from the 90s. Like even yeah. that you can you can buy, you can sell for like 100 bucks if it's in good condition. And people were buying huh. that. And that was the kind of comic where people were going, oh, I'm going to put my kids through college. And it turns <laughs> out if they graded them and kept them in good enough condition, maybe they could have. So yeah. Yeah, we're we're in a uh, weird zone right here, Steve. It it is a very strange strange time. <laughs> oh, I'm actually a little bit far away from my water, and I'm planning on not editing this episode at all, Steve. So I'm gonna okay, go okay. over and get my water carafe. But everyone's gonna be okay with it because I got COVID and my throat hurts, and I'm doing this anyway. So... Get get your melon, your black melon. Yeah, black melon. Wait, what did you think of the black melon, Steve? <laughs> uh. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was Fine. one of the highlights of the show because that's but yeah, like the, you're talking about from the the first episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the weird. Hey, if you, if you didn't have to pee before, you have to now. Um, <laughs> it's like it's one of the like more creative things. The idea that yeah. you can dig into the sand and pull out something that has you know liquid. Yeah, yeah. It was. It reminded me of like truffle hunting pigs or something like that yeah that's a good point <laughs> did you know at one point uh, when my life wasn't going so great um in my early 20s i thought well if everything goes badly i'm just going to go to france and get a truffle pig and live my life <laughs> <laughs> wandering the french uh the, the french uh, countryside looking for yeah truffles. H- have you seen the nicholas cage uh truffle pig movie <laughs> no <laughs> it's called pig you should watch it i think it, it? it seems like it'll have a, a a very direct connection to your <laughs> wow. to your history. <laughs> I'll okay. recommend it right now. I think Good. you'll like it. Pig, pig. So now we're getting to the top five. We're getting to some interesting stuff. Yes. Number five, Golden Rings. And my number five winner is a winner with a caveat. So let's start with my number five loser. Okay. Job of the Hut, Steve. Mm, okay. Because... Okay. All the huts took a hit. <laughs> I don't. So I like Zero the Hut. You know, I like Zero the Hut. Well, first of all, I watched Capote recently with my daughter, and that helped her to get through that movie. I mean, the movie is great if you've never seen it. But, you know, <laughs> Zero the Hut from the Clone Wars. Yeah, the, the connection there. Was yeah. based on Truman Capote. But just how bad the huts were in this show. Like, they were cool and interesting. Yeah. But it was the weirdest lack of menace. Like, everyone's complaining about Boba Fett's <laughs> lack of menace, but they're like, Huta Chuta, we're going to kill you. Actually, you know what? This is not. It's, what are we yeah, even doing is, here? Bro. This is one of the. the are we on Tatooine? Of... Bro, what is up? We got to get out of here. Oh, why are you even trying to take this place over? This place sucks. It was just, it was just very, and I was sort of expecting, like at the very end, to be like, "Oh, it was the huts all along." Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what they were 
when they showed up the very next episode and then bailed, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not, <laughs> that's not what's going to happen here. It, it, I, I, uh, yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where maybe, maybe budget came into it. Maybe some other technical issue. Uh, who knows? I, I'll say I, I liked when they showed up at first, but then, you know, it, oh, it, it was great when they showed up first. But, yeah, but seriously, yeah. they might as well have said, you know, something is happening on my home planet. I have to go. <laughs> right. No, yeah. the Hutt twins died on the way to their spaceship. <laughs> like, it just, it was so abrupt. And I think it yeah. just brought the entire Hut brand down. Yeah, yeah. I, especially yeah, when you put it in the context of the the abrupt exit, it, it did. Um, now, my number five winner could also be a loser. And I'm going to say okay. that's Bib Fortuna. Ah, uh, yeah. What do you think, Steve? Winner or loser? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'll say I loved the Major Domo character in this show. Uh, he, I, I guess some people don't. I thought he was hilarious. I, I guess it's because I've seen him in other things, and I'm just a fan of, of him as an actor. But what, what else uh, did, is he in? He's he plays uh, Selena's ex-husband in uh, Veep. That's oh, the main thing right. I I remember him from, but he he's been another you know comedy stuff throughout the years. But that that's the main thing I think of when I when I think about him. But um, yeah, just uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, so I, so there's there's multiple things. So but if yeah. we just stick to to Bib Fortuna himself, that... Bib Fortuna. Yeah, you. He, I don't know. I mean, the last episode, he was perfectly you know disposed of. I thought that was fantastic. But um, what that means for for Bib Fortuna's Long term, <laughs> I don't well, know. Well, just that, just the, the the there's a kind of scope to Bib Fortuna, and that he's sort of part of this legacy and who yeah. controls Tatooine and mm -hmm. I don't know. But Steve, I have to say something about Star Wars, and and you're not gonna like it based on what you just said. Okay. We are running headfirst into complete and total Twilight fatigue. Yeah, yeah. I got bad I... news for you, Steve. <laughs> Every time you see a Twi'lek on Star Wars, just for a second, pretend you're watching Star Trek and see if anything changes. <laughs> They're becoming Ferengi. They're becoming Klingons or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it, like they are everywhere. I don't know. They, they, there's yeah. a trailer for a new Star Wars, the High Underpants game. I don't know what it is. And, <laughs> and it's like, a, and it's got, you know, the Darth Vader clone, but it's also got like two Twi'leks as the main thing. And it's just. Okay. It's the yeah, easiest they... way to just not have a human, right? But to have it be kind of alien and have it rooted in Star Wars, but not have it be ugly. But I, I just wish it would just all be human. Like <laughs> Dash Rendar is fine. We don't need right. Dash Rendar to have headtails, <laughs> and it, it really feels Star Trekky to me. And the, yeah. the 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 head of the sanctuary. What was her name? Yes, uh, she had a pretty funny name. Oh, what was it? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's, it's not coming to me right now. Um, I, I have to look it up because I, I have a, a complicated reference that my son and I have been saying. Sanctuary Twilight. Garza something? Garza? Okay. Yes, Garza. Okay. Um, yeah, Sanctuary burned down. It's gone now. <laughs> Garza's ass out. Works with her uncle. Okay. Uh, that's, I think, you should leave reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know, have you watched I Think You Should Leave Yet, Steve? I, we, we have. Oh, okay. man. So yeah. 
Django and I discovered. So there's there's this whole thing where this guy has this weird non sequitur where he says, Blue Dolphin burned down. It's gone now. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I'm forgetting the guy's name and thinking Garcia. Rob Ravani's ass out. Works with his brother now. And it's, it's just this thing the way he says it. And so we've been just spending the whole week being like, Death Star 1's blown up. It's gone now. Darth Vader's ass out. He's spinning around in space. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, I like that. <laughs> but it's just... Uh, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> COVID. It's just... Uh, I, I think we're really running into Twilight fatigue. You know, I, yeah. Gave, yeah. I, I, gave, I gave the sequel trilogy grief for its repeated characters but hey why don't we throw in an lo asti just throw one in i mean we have they have the molds right i'm happy i'd be totally great seeing some sequel aliens in this series yeah they don't have to be so slavish to make sure that's always and then original trilogy or, or prequel yeah I, I feel like there was maybe one in that weird was it the fifth episode with just the Mandalorian? I feel like there was one sequel alien that he kind of rides the elevator with awkwardly. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that oh, it's yeah. kind of familiar, but that that's it. Like really. And, and it's, it's, it's another thing, but you know what, what Lucas does so well is that he makes sure every world makes sense. Yeah. But it's usually kind of like one world, you know? So there's the, you know, the Mustafar makes sense because it has lava and all the people who live there react to the lava, et cetera. They're too, like, because there's no other alien species besides for human that has as much variation as the Twi'lek. So it's mm -hmm. confusing because yeah. if you watch Rebels and Clone Wars, they're just space French, right? They, they're right. All, they all have yeah. a French accent and they mm -hmm. live like mm -hmm. French people and it's great. Then you watch the original trilogy and they're all these pasty, nasty, razor-teethed <laughs> schmucks. And then now they're just waiting for their turn at the holodeck. So, I mean, maybe it's just that the, the place where the Twi'leks are from is a varied, you know, maybe they're just a super varied space race. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that. So that upsets me. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that upsets you. Uh, uh, yeah, I hear, I hear where you're coming from. But yeah, a, it's definitely, there's, there's one in every seemingly like major Star Wars project or, or, or property. There, there's always at least one. <laughs> yeah. yeah what was ula's deal i wonder <laughs> like do yeah. we just have to come up with just there's just different kind like is bib fortuna just like a, a hick <laughs> do, he, he might think be yeah bib fortuna is just some dumb hick like that doesn't even like really speak english and just like speaks hatis and like everyone all the other right. trilects look at him and he's just like yeah where you have your yeah the 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 folks at the sanctuary are quite quite luxurious and, and attractive and all that it's, yeah it's, it's interesting yeah i don't know now we're getting to the top four winners and losers uh we have some big winners and not <laughs> not the biggest losers my number four four winner and loser are very connected I think all right that, i think that uh uh 88 is a big winner and 99 is yes. a big loser <laughs> because you get the sense that they said, okay, we need to have, we can't have both these characters really strongly featured. Yeah. Yeah. But why don't we have 88 be like the most important robot in the entire show and have a character <laughs> like 88 was so great. 
because he, he was he wasn't just k2so he wasn't a sass talking robot like no. like we yeah. just get everywhere mm-hmm. and he wasn't boring he was just an interesting like he added texture and he yes. did feel like he was bringing it over from you know from the original trilogy into here and it yeah. kind of made sense whereas uh, ev99 was just a sous chef and he has a funny scene but i can't imagine like again thinking about the collectability uh 88 is now yeah. he was a major tertiary character in this show and he was yeah he, he, he will endure as a cameo <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that yeah, I think that's the right distinction: cameo versus yeah, and you know, central. And that's like you know, that's that's a big difference. Steve, I just realized I forgot somebody. Number three point five. Okay. Sanctuary blew up. It's gone now. Max Rebo's <laughs> ass out. Place for his brother now. <laughs> Do we consider Max Rebo to be a winner or a loser? You know, I. I guess I'd say winner just because he's not dead. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where like, Oh, that's cool. He's there. I I didn't, you know, I I know there, there are, you know, loyal Max Rebo enthusiasts out there that are probably pretty stoked, but I, I did, (laughs) I did like, you know, the, the memes of him and his little piano flying away from the the barges that exploded and like that, that spoke to me. (laughs) Well, I, but, I think this is another thing where Robot Chicken is definitely involved. It is, totally. Because yeah. Robot Chicken is so important to people. It's a lot of the reason that, that things have happened the way they've happened. And I'm yeah. certain that Max Rebo only survived because of Robot Chicken, because of the funny <laughs> scene. Oh, man. You know, <laughs> I got to get to the yeah. gig. It, yeah. It, it, so I, I just, I forgot about Max Rebo. So we're yeah. going to put him, I don't know. He's the new number one. We'll say that for later. Uh, okay. <laughs> but like, he is now, like, he went from two different characters: the Max Rebo that was in Return of the Jedi, to the Max Rebo that was in Robot Chicken. And right. now, in my mind, there's only ever been one, and it was the Robot Chicken Max Rebo. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now, where yeah. when I see him play in Return of the Jedi, I'm going to hear him with that voice right. because he yeah. survived. If he didn't survive, that wouldn't have happened. Well, that's, that's the thing that's great, too, about, about AT-8 is, is like now whatever I see him in Return of the Jedi, I'm just going to hear Matt Berry, like, right. <laughs> like torturing this this poor gonk droid. Like, I, I, I love that sense of this where it's when you go back and look at the stuff where they came from, it just gives you a, kind of a, just a fun, expanded look at, at these kind of <laughs> dumb, you know, side characters that no one at that point really seemed to care about. Um, Do you know what's the the biggest thing they missed out on having here, though, Steve? So, so we're gonna have vintage winner and loser three point five. So I'm just gonna put that in here. Okay. okay. All right. Um, so we're, we're gonna have uh, Rebo as the winner. The vintage yeah. loser is Ja Yauza. <laughs> because you know, I mean, what happened to him? Where where yeah. is Ja Yauza? Where, where's Droopy? I'm, I'm where's kidding. Droopy obviously, McCool? I'm talking about Droopy, and obviously, I'm yeah, talking come about. On about the other ones but you yeah know, like, like did they not make it were they yeah even, they might have they weren't even on the on the on the skiff i don't know right they yeah i'm gonna have, I'm now my memory is, is starting to be i'm starting to question it I, I definitely remember seeing max jamming on his little piano but was droopy there i'm i'm almost positive size snoodles wasn't there so she's probably 
fine somewhere else. Oh, she's uh, definitely fine because she was in well, no Clone Wars was beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming either <laughs> either Droopy uh, blew up uh, on the barge or or has moved on to uh, to another gig. They had a, a falling out, but so, so he definitely here, lost. Here in 4.5, as the heater goes on again, I apologize for the sound, everybody. Here, I'm going to add a couple more losers in this 4.5 section, this barge section. Okay. Slices yeah. Crumb. Yeah. We, we, do we know he's dead? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people didn't. Bib Fortuna didn't die, right? Yeah. It seems like a lot of people made it off. They, it, they found those, those, uh, those so, life skiffs. They got out of there. So if you were <laughs> on the skiff and you were not in the book of Boba Fett, you're a loser. I'm just going to say it. You are a loser. <laughs> Everybody, everybody made it off the skiff. Le- yeah, Lando, Lando yeah. Leia, everybody, and you know, if it's a good thing that Leia choked him out, because Jabba would have been just sliding across the desert like one second lower. Like, like think about that explosion, that beautiful, <laughs> you know, real effect explosion with the slow motion, yeah. little pieces of balsa wood flying towards the camera. You can all, yeah. we can all see that, right? We all see <laughs> that, the, the, the spiraling wood flying at the camera. It's, yes. Now that we know that basically everybody inside was. Just they were good. Just not, really, <laughs> not, not a. It wasn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Not not quite as uh, devastating as as uh, presented. <laughs> so now that we're done with uh, four point, I guess we'll make that three point five, not four point five. The real number three, bud. It's right now. Uh, right. I think we're gonna have to. They're all. They're they're gonna be kind of connected from time to time. Winner Rancor, absolute winner. <laughs> I wanted to yes. put Rancor oh, yeah. higher, but my number two and number one I think are just so much uh, more important. But mm-hmm. the Rancor really got a time to shine. I really liked its characterization. I like that it's building on what they did in the Bad Batch. So like the Rancor yeah. has, a, has an odd history because it's just this awesome, amazing thing, right? That existed. And then as time went on, it got a little bit humanized in the expanded universe. But then, like, the Force Unleashed had that entire planet of Rancors. And, like, that was pretty cool. But really, it's this these last couple years and just how majestic it was and how it was still, again, menacing and cute at the same time. It had yeah. the greatest scene with Grogu where Grogu took a nap next to it. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it got to be, like the best good guy of the series and the best bad guy of the series, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Even though <laughs> its introduction was clumsy as hell. <laughs> uh, give us money. No. Uh, all right. Here, here's a, here's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so bizarre, so bizarre, but, uh, well worth it. <laughs> Do I even have to tell you, Steve? what the number three loser is oh our poor our poor rancor keeper yes it's the rancor keeper Malachi. replaced by machete Mal- uh, uh. he definitely didn't die yeah so, he, he was wallowing in his sorrows you know he was probably fine um, so is this dude on monster.com or indeed you know is maliki just out there just like Honey, have you gotten a job yet? I'm still looking. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's currently no rancors in this system, 
but if one shows up, I am sure I will get the job of Rancor Keeper. Awesome, there's a rank. God damn it. <laughs> Machete got the Rancor Keeper job. Ah, yeah, yeah. How hard. Like, what a terrible one thing. Like, you know that joke? You know, you had one job. He had his yes. one job, first of all. Didn't work out. His, his Rancor no. died. And he just has nothing to do. So, like, of all the things that... Because so much of what Filoni and, and Favreau do is they take vintage action figures and they put them together and they have fun with them. And yeah. having... having Boba Fett riding a Rancor is super fun because we can do that with our toys now. Yeah. But the Rancor Keeper has no place. No, he, he is... Yeah. Forsaken. <laughs> Absolutely forsaken. <laughs> is this water noise uh, too intense over here? Um, I'm only... Uh, no, I think it's, it's, it's okay. Okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the basement and just everything's exposed. Oh, yeah, the craziest I actually, thing I'm is... in our basement too, so there's probably going to be weird sounds on my end as well. <laughs> well I can't do anything. So like the, my dogs just have really loud nails, and so yes. yesterday, yeah. Bo woke me up in the middle of the night, walking very slowly directly over my head, which he only ever does when he gets the hiccups and he starts eating <laughs> Mariana's plants. <laughs> oh, no. So even though I'm in quarantine, I'm not allowed upstairs. I didn't want him to eat her plants, so I, put yeah. my I washed my hands, I put my mask on, I made sure not to touch anything, and he'd just taken a big old dump in the middle of the floor. <laughs> so my sense of duty is there, so I now have to clean it up without touching anything else, because I don't want to contaminate the surfaces. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a rough situation. <laughs> Which is the reason that you're listening to this show, everybody. So, the number two winner and loser. All right. Number two, number number two, 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 number two, number two, number two, number two. Tusken Raiders. Yeah, I, I I would wholeheartedly agree with that, especially the first couple episodes. Um, I, I have a caveat with that one. I don't know if I do too. Do. What's your caveat, okay. Steve? That they had no participation in the finale. Uh, yeah. Based on based on this amazing kind of setup with. Uh, with uh, Timothy Oliphant and the Mandalorian show, like that, that seemed like a clear win right there. And and you know they were, they made peace with the uh, the the townsfolk and all that. Like that that all seemed. I wondered that that's where it becomes like a question of scale again. Like, is this just because it was just beyond the scale of this production or or, or what? But yeah, but no, those first couple episodes were just amazing. I I, I loved it. Yeah, the the thing that frustrates me, my caveat is just, just go a little further. Like they already yeah. went so far with yeah. the Tuscan Raider thing, but you know, there's there's a lot of complaining about the initial episodes because of the flashback format, which I sort of understand. But yeah, if they had just included, I don't know, the words five years later, at any point, we'd all be like, oh, okay, cool. But right. you know, like, yeah. I would have definitely liked. An entire episode just with the Tuscans and him falling in love with the lady warrior. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and and but you know, it was it was still they totally humanized the Tuscans in a good way. The Tuscans yeah. did not lose their cool. You know, that's the big the big question is the the humanizing of Boba Fett, uh, who obviously has not appeared yet on this list, so you know he's appearing <laughs> somewhere. The question is, you know, uh, is the show losing cool because they're nice? But the Tuscans are just, they're terrible. They're just, they're terrible creatures, but they live by a code and they're wonderful at the same time. And yeah. it, it was really, 
It was really great. And if if they made vintage Banthas, boy, would they be on the list. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh, just uh, so true. Now, my number two loser is a mainstay of the number one winners in this whole thing that we've done. You okay. had, like, the most, the, the, the 1920s Yankees of this little exercise that we do has been Luke Jedi. <laughs> I think he loses. Yeah. Now, I'm saying this knowing that when I saw it, I was happy and my kids were happy mm-hmm, and Luke mm-hmm. and Grogu and it's the cutest thing ever and it's the most right. wonderful thing ever. I, I really think it is a serious mistake, this de-aging thing. <laughs> Yes. And it's not that it's not good. No. It's just that it's worse. So if they got an actor who is a good actor who kind of looks like Luke, we are set. I mean, just set me up. And I'll let everyone complain how he has red hair instead of blonde hair. And everyone will make right. the jokes about the figures and all that. Yeah. But, like, it, like yeah. because it worked, Luke Jedi loses. Because I think we're going to really lose out. I think now they're getting the wrong message, which is, oh, good, this worked. Yes. I think we need more stories with Luke, but Luke needs to be, you know, what if in 1989 they were like, good news, we can de-age Adam West. This is the greatest (laughs) thing ever, you know? Sorry, Michael Keaton. (laughs) Sorry. There's going to be, it's going to be Adam West forever. You're never going to have Christian Bale. You're never going to have the best Batman, which was Val Kilmer. Fight me on that if you want. We're never going to have, you know, Robert Pattinson. We're just, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, it, it doesn't work. It, it's, it's not it speaks seamless. to a, a much larger underlying issue. And I, I have been, I mean, you know me, I have been yelling this from my, <laughs> from my tower for, for years now. Like that, you know, it's the whole Jeff Goldblum, you know, prophecy. Like, should you? Can you? Uh, you know why? It, it, just because you can doesn't mean you, you should. <laughs> For some it's reason, just... it's sort of like it feels like NFT logic. I don't really know how to describe <laughs> it, but there's something about it that feels yes. like crypto bro to the moon. Like there's uh, something happening when you're watching the Super Bowl and like every single person you see oh my God. is selling out to crypto and you yeah. know it's a pyramid scheme and a Ponzi scheme and a Madoff <laughs> scheme and a Uh, every kind of scheme it could possibly be like you know that we are heading for a major economic crash because of this garbage that is being filtered into us constantly and being sold to us we know it's happening we see it happening we know this is happening with Luke and the de-aging and we're never going to have to have another Iron Man we're never going to have to have another Luke Skywalker Right. but there's nothing wrong with another Luke Skywalker yeah or or just not you know and, like and that that's... I, I want to throw one more thing to you steve okay <laughs> what tv show are we most excited about in star wars i mean it seems like generally it's got to be mandalorian right are you going to talk about obi-wan obi-wan kenobi yeah do you know why we're excited about obi-wan kenobi steve <laughs> because we love ewan mcgregor's performance as obi-wan yeah. kenobi yeah according to disney 2021 logic <laughs> they just could have de-aged Alec Guinness. They could have done that for episode one. They could have had the bridge on the River Kwai, Alec Guinness, instead of Ewan McGregor. 
That's the yeah. world that you want. So for all of you who are out there clapping like dumb seals about how psyched you were <laughs> that Luke looked like Luke and sounded-ish like Luke and it was just like Luke right. training, just remember, you just lost Ewan McGregor. Goodbye. You have de-aged <laughs> Alec McGinnis for the rest of your life. Tell me you're happy. Tell me the warmth. And the, because it's, it's a real thing. And these are the same people who are happy about all the practical effects in Force Awakens. Yeah, it's a what, weird thing, man. What is it? I, do you hate I, the computers or do you love the computers? Or do you just love the stuff that makes you think that you feel like you're eight years old? Because it doesn't. What made you feel yeah. like eight years old in the book of Boba Fett in The Mandalorian is the stuff that works, that's awesome, that's the action and the excitement and the passion. <laughs> it's not seeing the thing that you remember seeing when you were eight. Right. You're an right. idiot. I'm sorry, but you are. You're an idiot. <laughs> if you think that the thing that makes you happy is seeing the guy that looks like the guy that looks like the guy when you were eight, that's not where the real emotions come from. Yeah. It's fake. Yeah. It's surface level. It's a non-fungible token. And you deserve better. <laughs> There's got to be 50 uh, actors out there who could do a better job than robot Mark Hamill. And you just got to get used to it and you got to give into it and you just got to let go. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I don't know how much more I can say other than what, what you've said. But the, like, I, I've come to the, the sad conclusion that this is what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And whereas the, the end of The Mandalorian really, it really kind of killed a lot of it for me. Yeah. This I come into it and like, well, here we are, and like, and so I have it's to like, come to this. So it's come to this. Yeah. I mean, and if it's like, if it can, I, the only way I can try and get through it is if if it is serving the story well enough. And I'm still not sure, you know, at this point that it is. I, I feel like this is just another. It's a very Lucasfilm thing of of using uh, a show or an episode to to really test. And, and just see if some new technology is going to work. And then that's what they did at the end of the last one. Now they're doing it again right. here. And does it does it really last? I mean, it's I, I'm thinking of this Luke and also that Ron, that giant Ronto ass that's in the front of the special edition. Right. It's like, here it is. It's right in your face. Look at this. This is this is what we're doing. Well, um, let's take a couple of counterpoints, right? Because okay. Jar Jar worked. Right. Yeah. Jar Jar was proof of concept that you can have mocap yeah. created characters that do something well right episode two was evidence that real sets actually matter and that you can't just do a sky captain of tomorrow or whatever that you can't just sin yeah. city your way like you actually do need real sets you need a lot more real sets than george lucas provided in episode two and three right. for that matter right yeah so yeah. they're working through it the problem it is is, yeah. is that the feedback they're getting is that it worked Right. And it, it really, really didn't. And, and we need to be as passionate as I just was. And I wasn't as passionate. When, when it ended, I just said to the kids, oh, that was great. Wasn't that fun? And he was walking with Grogu. And wasn't that, you know, I, 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 I wasn't sitting there like folding my arms and screaming at the TV saying like, right. this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. But it was. <laughs> yeah. It, it's more, yeah, what it, what it continues to mean for the future. And that, that's kind of, yeah, that's where I'm. I'm concerned. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't know actors, if this is going to be... Actors yeah. matter. And and the, the yeah. weird thing is that this is... What Jar Jar showed was that you can combine voice acting with animation to create yeah. a character. Now, we've already right. known that there can be great acting in animation, so it's not that far out. But the yeah. fact that Luke's voice wasn't even produced by a human being but was 
produced by an AI machine, and that his Based face old art, you know, recordings. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that his face was a deep fake. Yeah. So it's all of this new non-fungible technology. <laughs> it's all in the blockchain, Steve. And, yeah. And it, yeah. it really feels like ah, people want to believe. That's the other thing, Steve. People wanted to love it. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why they wanted to hate Jar Jar so bad, and they and and they want to well, and they want to love this. But the yeah, lack of and... critical, the people were not critical about this. Our at least our Generation X cohort was not critical. They were just like, "This is great. I can't believe how well it worked out." Right, right. Well, and then it's just this this whole continued pitting it against an actual performance from Mark Hamill from a movie that no one will ever seem to get over and let go. Of, you know, right. it, it it's just, it just continues that discourse, which is just like right. Everyone keeps comparing it such, to Last Jedi. Such a bummer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Last yeah. Jedi was so, some of Luke's best act, probably his best acting. That's probably the best acting Mark Hamill has ever done. Is in the Last Jedi, and he right. did it under yeah. protest. But I don't care. And and yeah, and yeah, and they it's, keep on comparing it to this. That that this is, yeah. this, this is, is what, what you want. want. This yeah. right here, and, and yeah. they think that's so, what they want. But yeah. it's 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 a dead man's game. It's it's yeah, and, going to ensure that there is no future memory made. <laughs> when I and as a tangential winner i had han solo because they didn't do it you know, like that <laughs> so I, I i i don't know maybe that's, that's true that's with, a good with point with indiana jones you know i'm sure that that's coming but um i i was so concerned i mean not really concerned but i wouldn't have been shocked if they tried to pull something similar by bringing in a weird deep fake or de-aged han solo with this and i i was just quite relieved that that didn't happen um but yeah it's look, they, look they, at the solo movie you know yeah. with, with aiden Ehrenreich, uh would that it were so simple he's he's great he's not doing yeah. a harrison ford impersonation he's no, not no. exactly like harrison ford the characterization's right. a little bit off it's it's a little yeah but hey ewan mcgregor is a little bit off of, of it's not it they're different people yeah, yeah. It, it's just yeah I, I think it's this strange voodoo with Post Return of the Jedi, Luke. That Don't use Voodoo doesn't... as a Steve. I'm not gonna lie to do that. Sorry. I'm sorry, no, no, that's Voodoo's right. an actual faith. It's not to be used as a goofy You're right. adjective. Yes, you're right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, Any, you know, what I'm trying to say yes. is this: this strange energy around Post Return of the Jedi, Luke, that that doesn't seem to dissipate. And I think yes. things like this, it just it just you know it keeps it going and then so yeah, this yeah. all feeds very well into my number one winner and loser steve okay it's going to surprise nobody who knows the way i think and talk and structure things <laughs> that there is only one person who's the number one winner who is also the number one loser who could it be who's the number one most of all who could it be is it that guy with white teeth who's bald? Who could it be? Could it be the warrior we all love? Well, let's see. Let's see who it is. It's Boba Fett. You know it's Boba Fett. So shut up, Sky. Of course, I'm talking about the book of Boba Fett. And this is why Boba Fett is a winner and he's a loser. He's a winner because I like him. Yeah. 
I think he's interesting. I think they did a great thing for this character, taking him in a completely different direction that I never associated him with. I never would have thought they would have done this. They basically Jake Lloyded Boba Fett, right? <laughs> they they took a character who was known for being cool and ruthless and then right. they humanized him and they put him on yeah. Tatooine and made him a slave and, and, and sort of showed you like how Anakin became Anakin. But instead of how Boba Fett became Boba Fett, it's how Boba Fett became something better, became a hero of like humanity and solidarity and like living in a community versus living yeah. alone. Like they gave him an arc and he fulfilled the arc, but he's the number one loser because the people who love Boba Fett, and I'm not. No, I love Boba Fett, right? I mean, realistically, if Boba Fett weren't expensive, I would have, I would have probably focus collected on him because yeah. he, he was the coolest guy, right? So I'm not, right. I'm not crapping on everybody who collects Boba Fett. No, no. But the love of Boba Fett is often superficial, and so he yeah. did lose the cool. Like this was the last Jedi of Boba Fett. <laughs> and what people wanted was the last five minutes of Rogue One, right? Right. Like, yeah. They want yeah. Boba Fett. There's the, the, the like, kind of sadistic kind of fanaticism that, that was surrounding Boba Fett. And it still surrounds, you know, Darth Vader. It, 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 that's what happens, I think. And the fact that that's, that wasn't – that kind of wish fulfillment wasn't, you know, granted. Right. Where, where, where with, with Luke, it clearly was. With, with Boba Fett, the fact that you can use the words – wholesome and, and funny with Boba Fett now, I find that awesome. I, I, I really, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I care about him now. I, I, you know, he's, and, and what's, what's amazing is that Lucas already started this. He did. He, he did. already started it when he made Daniel Logan yeah. into Boba Fett, which was literally doing exactly what he had done with Anakin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, wouldn't it be better if instead of Jake Lloyd, they had a de-aged uh, Sebastian Shaw, <laughs> um, <laughs> just this little kid walking around on a body? Please, if somebody, <sighs> am I willing oh. to give someone a thousand dollars if they do that? Uh, maybe. <laughs> um, contact me. See see if I'll, I'll do yeah. a contract. But that'd be really funny, you know. But like, yeah. Lucas really did that. He just said, "Oh, you like this character? Yeah. Well, let's see." childhood let's see innocence and boba right. fett worked into his innocence and he learned a lot and and he was like practicing basically like non-western management techniques and mm -hmm. and it was bizarre and it was brave like it was brave having him be like you don't so you want to support me no fair <laughs> enough would you right. like some chut chut berries <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah. how many crime boss stories have we seen where the guy's ruthless and then the fight and then the shooting and then the back and then, and they, then the they get dropped down and, and yeah. yeah it was just none of that it was just it was just, it was a totally out of left field story and yeah and what i think i like about the whole thing is that the whole thing was so out of left field people were complaining yes. about boba fett not being in two episodes but you got it mixed up like, Filoni and Favreau just explained something to you. Like, yeah, no, this is one show. Yeah. <laughs> this, it's... this is season three of Mandalorian. Like, we're just telling a story, and where you put, you know, it's like, it's, like a, it's like a beautiful mosaic, and then they put frames around parts of the mosaic. 
and you just sort of like not a mosaic, but a, a fresco, you know, like a, a big mural. Right. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. It's a huge mural, and they keep putting frames over different parts and then moving the frames around. And everyone's yeah. getting upset because the frame moved over to the Mandalorian, and that's not how TV shows go. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. hey, guess what, bub? That's how they go now. That just that just <laughs> happened. You know, you, yeah. you're, you're watching The Sopranos, and then two of the episodes of The Sopranos are about Veep. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> wait, what? We're, we're, we're follow- Okay. And then they go back. Like it's it's not it's not just you know crossover and all that. It's just really yeah. telling a different style of story, and I really appreciate it. And I think it speaks to the bravery of the show. And when we talk about like the thing that that the Last Jedi did, going back to it, is it did save Star Wars because we couldn't have had three movies like Force Awakens. It, not like you can't you can't support. Uh, yeah, you cannot support nostalgia on, of that magnitude. Like you really did need to do something Lucasian with the second movie, <laughs> and I think this did that. Where yeah. people are yeah. thrown off, they didn't have their expectations met. It wasn't a super cool thing. Boba Fett wasn't who they wanted him to be, but instead he was something better, which makes him a loser, Steve, <laughs> because people pay the Fett tax. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, for what he is no longer. Yeah, they they pay the Fed tax for what the Mandalorian is at least for now. Right. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the thing with the other thing too, like Tamora Morrison really did make make Fett his own now. Whereas mm-hmm. I, I think in the past, and it's not necessarily his fault. It's not Lucas's fault, but just the way that that. I feel like, at least from my memory, it doesn't seem like Jango Fett had had all that much of a, of a personality. Uh, maybe I'll I'll think differently if I go back and watch that now. But that, and then you know, the overdubbing of Empire was really just kind of like, all right, he went in, read it once, and it just doesn't land. Um, but here, I mean, he's he's fantastic. I mean, he's he's so good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah, and. Yeah, so that's that's why he's the number one winner and loser. He's yeah. loser and because he did not meet the unrealistic and stupid expectations of Star Wars fanboys. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the number yeah. one winner because he did not meet the stupid right. and superficial expectations of Star Wars fanboys. Yeah, you know who is going to pay the Fet tax in the future is, is probably my daughter. Like she, for whatever <laughs> reason, like she loves Chewbacca. I mean, she she's very she's very you know. You know, in love with Chewbacca, but when I just had her watch some of this, she, well, I think I might have told you this, but first what happened there was that documentary that came out ahead of the show. Right. Uh, and she, I think Tessa just put it on because she she pointed at it and, and she was just trying to figure out something that she might find visually interesting. And she requested to watch that documentary every day for a week, <laughs> <laughs> which is just hilarious. And and someday uh, she'll and, meet Pete Vilmer. No, exactly. You know, <gasps> I, I explain like, oh, hey, you know, we, we know we know two of those people. <laughs> and so then when the show comes out, you know, I, I don't show her all of it, obviously, because it gets kind of nuts at times. But there's things where uh, she she identifies with Boba Fett, both with the helmet and then just as tomorrow moments. And she, she points and is like Boba Fett. And she, <laughs> wow. she it's great. Like she's two. She's two. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so we. It's it's a funny story. For her birthday, I was trying to get her 
one of those Life Day Chewbacca plush dolls and it just didn't the order got canceled so i'm like oh no what am i gonna do and they had this funny looking boba fett that's in the new style kind of just plush doll and i'm like no let's see she seems to be liking this and like oh my god she is just obsessed with it like it it is just the funniest thing so i think she she is the future fett taxpayer (laughs) well that's that that's a good that's a really good way to say it that yeah that Fett really is strengthened by the Mandalorian, and he's strengthened by this—the value of, of vintage Fett collectibles. And now, Steve, yeah. you get to you get to do the thing that I do, which is buy vintage Star Wars collectibles, quote <laughs> for your children, right? <laughs> which yeah. which I do, I do. It's not for me, but it's very fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I would like? You know what's my my number one vintage? You know, Boba collectible. It's the Popey. Oh, you know, because yeah. you know how the Japanese like particularly love helmeted figures and just that right. slick silver box. I wonder yeah. what those go for. Oh, that's a good question. Probably, probably more than we'd want to know. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I wish yeah. I had a, a Spider-Man comic book from three years ago. I could pay for. It. <laughs> <sighs> well, awesome, yeah. Steve. Well, that was good, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had a bunch think, of other weird notes, so no, not a bunch, just just a couple. And I think I've done this every time too, because I I I'm always obsessed with new music in in Star Wars shows, and um, and Thundercat say... was in here, so obviously that's the most important thing. <laughs> of all of all the musical figures to be in a Star Wars show, I right. never would have predicted Thundercat, who's no. a great bass player who plays on jazz and punk and hip hop and everything. His album I reviewed one of his albums a couple of years ago. Yeah, very interesting having him on there. It, it is it is super interesting and super cool that that, that kind of thing happens in in Star Wars now. Um, so yeah, that that was great. Um, one of the things that I I discovered was uh, I mean I I'll say the, the the theme song for this is it's incredible. It is it so is. bizarre, uh, but I love it and and so does Eleanor. She she asked me to like play it in the car if we're driving to the preschool or whatever. She's like, Boba Fett song. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, I, I love the song just as it is. And then I, I couldn't help but laugh when the final version is just, the lyrics are just Fett, Boba Fett, you know, <laughs> yes. it's great. So good. That makes me so happy because, you know, like the Kia, <laughs> Kiaga and everything, like that's fine. But it'd be yeah. like, part of me does wish it was like, Hey, look out! There's Darth Maul. <laughs> He's there. Jump around. Right. Yeah. Here comes it, Darth Maul. Here comes Darth Maul. Here comes Darth Maul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. And so that that that's something that'll Emperor, always make me smile. But Emperor, Emperor <laughs> Palpatine. <laughs> Did we do that with all the Star Wars songs? Oh, uh, you know what? That, that's the whole album right there. Yeah. I, I think it's Luke. It's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Yeah, and the the origin of this, uh, so the the composer is uh, the the Swedish guy Ludwig Göransson. There's Who, this by the night way, produced a couple yeah. of tracks on the Adele album. So yeah, I, I heard about that. He's having yeah. a hell of a year because that's like he, the only album that sold any uh, any records in the last uh, yeah. I, I feel like that's probably why he he just stuck with the theme song for this one. I think his his partner did most of the, the composing, but but he he wrote the theme so. This this was apparently clearly inspired by this bizarre uh, Swedish fantasy film from 1984 called 
Ronya Rovadotter, which is <laughs> Ronya the Robber's daughter. And I, I sent you a clip yes, of these, these Swedes just doing the chant, and it's right there. And I just love that it's tied to this very specific Swedish thing that came out the year he was born. That that's where the, it's clearly where this came from. But I, I also part of it is so much like the Burt Bacharach, Butch and Sundance, ba ba da ba da, like that. Like I, and I love that movie. <laughs> So it's and there's there's so many visual ties to that, but I, I just uh, I just envision the, the the silly chase scene with the the mods, <laughs> just having the the Burt Bacharach blah 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 you know going on. And I think it might even work better. <laughs> wow. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, the music's great. I, I just had to give it a, give it some love there. But wow. So '84. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the it's, same year that Steve was born, of course, in my life. So it's a special year. I'm I'm one year after. Close. You're 85? I'm 85, yeah. This whole time you've been lying to me? Uh, mm, no. <laughs> Wait, what, what What? What? month? July. Oh, okay. So for half the year, you listen to me, just my wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as the mods go, um, <laughs> the thing about Robert Rodriguez is <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's never... I don't think he's... Has he ever been a good director? He's been a a, a very um, I don't know. He, he's very visible, he, he, you know. He's like, got his he's got his his style. Whether whether it works for you or not, a lot of his I remember movies, Desperado not being very good. From it, Dusk Till Dawn is bonkers, but I don't think yeah. it's very good. Right. I've right. seen all the Spy well, Kids movies. Like, I think the Spy Kids movies is him at his best. Because well, I, think I think he's that's... just an affable goofball. I think that's the truth. I don't think he's like a Hollywood auteur guy. I think he's a guy who's like yeah. using his position to make fun stuff. And like the Spy Kids movies are objectively like I think great because they do something I, I... that other movies don't do. Like they have that sense of fun and whimsy and right. And, and... I, they're very clearly you know influenced. I think he was with with George Lucas that's right around the time of the prequels I feel like I remember seeing things about him often visiting the sets of the prequels and and having that relationship with George Lucas and and that all tracks like, so the, completely the funny thing is my kids had no idea who Robert Rodriguez was and they uh -huh. didn't know that that person was the guy who did Spy Kids so okay. after yeah. after the first episode with the mods came out they just go that was a lot like Spy Kids <laughs> I thought that was just really funny that like they were able to like for them who grew up with Spy Kids that was so immediately just oh, yeah this is Spy Kids right whereas I was just right. happy there's finally a Quadrophenia reference in Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah I'm a big fan of the Who so yeah no the, I don't know I don't know this this was I think the perfect bizarre Star Wars thing that I think we needed at the right time I I. I I enjoyed it. That's, yep. yeah. That's, All right. That's well, I just put in my Ricola because my throat is starting to hurt. Um, oh, I, I just happened to look at my uh, top 10 from uh, season two of Mandalorian. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just to go through them for fun. R2-D2, okay. uh, so 10 winner R2-D2, loser yeah. C-3PO, 9 <laughs> winner Weequay, 9 yeah. loser 99. Yeah. That's, that's two that's two shows in a row EV99 yeah lost. yeah uh, Squidhead winner Akbar loser Troop Transport mm -hmm. winner X-Wing Pilots loser Imperial <laughs> Cannon Imperial Commander winner Stormtrooper loser 
Cleb Zeloc winner, Cantina Aliens <laughs> loser, Bib Fortuna winner, number four, mm-hmm. Lando loser, number four, mm-hmm. uh, Tuscan Raider, number three. Gaborian yep. Guards, number three, looks terrible. <laughs> My God, I'm really on this whole thing with Gaborian Guards. You are. Guards. You, you are. <laughs> um, number two, winner, Boba Fett. Number two, loser, Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. And then I say, give them what they want. Episode seven lesson. Wow. Yeah. And then I had number, yeah. I had number two, I had number one, loser, Power Droid. <laughs> And then uh, <laughs> number one uh, winner, Luke Jedi. But then I put in parentheses, yeah. future loser. Mm-hmm. There it is. There I believe is. we called it, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, God, that doesn't feel like it was a year ago, but it really was. That's, it was. That's scary. Oh. Oh, geez. All right. Well, oh, hey, geez. at least we have – we've got, what, a lot of new Star Wars shows to, to yes. break down soon this year, which is – Top That's 10 winners fun. and losers of the Cassian Andor show. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, oh, yeah. It's number be one great. winner is, uh, I, think I, I think I saw a probe droid at some point. <laughs> oh, All yeah. Right. Oh, it's going to be great. But do I need to do the, the top 10 list that we just did? Do I need to do a summary of that or no? Um, If you want, you could just rattle them off. Sure. Okay. Number 10, winner, X-Wing, loser, Gamorrean Guard. Nine winner R two D two loser C three PO, number eight winner Nikto Barada Walrus Man's Guidos loser Klaatu's number seven oh, this is the bad one winner Jawas loser Chewbacca Bosk and other bounty hunters <laughs> number six winner Slave One number six loser other ships number five winner Bib Fortuna number five loser Jabba number four winner EV nine uh, I mean EV eighty eight. No, 88. <laughs> number four, loser, EV99. Number three, winner, Rancor. Loser, Rancor Keeper. Two, winner, Tuscan Raider. Uh, two, loser, Luke Jedi. One, winner, Boba Fett. One, loser, Boba Fett. 3.5, winner, Max Rebo. 3.5, <laughs> loser, every other creature that was on the Jabba sail barge that did make an appearance, including Jar Yauza, Sice Noodles. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Droopy McCool, yeah, uh, Slacious Crumb, yes, yeah, we have done it. Uh, Steve. We've, we've done it, yeah. It's... All right, well, then in that case, I'm going to get to bed because I have to wake up early in the morning and teach my class on Zoom. All right, uh, well, rest easy. I will. All right, <laughs> Wampa Wampa, adios.